The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. The following program is also underwritten in part by Biogen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're crazy about your pets, you found the right show. We're all a little bit crazy about our pets. And really, if you have a pet, you are crazy about them. I, I haven't run into anybody that says, yeah, I don't like my pet. They love them. <laughs> they, they're family members. And they're not only family members, you might treat them better than Uncle Louie or any of the other family members just because they give you that unconditional, awesome love. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, I can bet that you do not have a pet. You do not have a dog. You do not have a cat, a ferret, a flamingo, any creature of any sort with you. That's what I'm guessing right now. This is your show. Here's the number, one 405 8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. On the other end of the phone, we have Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions and dog father Joey Volani with your grooming questions. And also on the show today, Francesco Martigliano will be joining us. He is the uh, creator, well, the author of Sally Forth, the syndicated comic strip in the newspapers. Apparently, we learned last time, he doesn't even draw the pictures. He just comes up with the uh, dialogue and the, and the whole idea. And then he tells someone else to draw it. A very funny guy. He's got a book called I Could Pee on This 2, a follow-up to I Could Pee on This. And we'll have giveaways in just a few minutes. But he's talking really about cats peeing on something, right? Yeah, he is. Well, he does have some dog books. <laughs> His book is, uh, it's cat poetry written by cats. Now, I'm not sure if cool. he, tra- if he uh, uh, transcribes for them or if he just gives them the typewriter. I suppose they, they don't have that opposable thumb thing, so he must help out in one way or another. Uh, but he does have one book for dogs called I Could Chew on This. So he is a dog lover, too. And we'll have giveaways just around the corner. Also, Viagin is back. They're going to tell us what the future of cloning is. What is it going to mean five, ten years from now? Uh, I guess the first dog was just cloned here in the United States. So this is an intriguing process uh, with lots of implications. We'll find out. We're going to actually talk to the top dog over there, Blake Russell from Viagen. Also, Richard Fibbs. This guy is a photographer of the stars like uh, Meryl Streep, J-Lo, Bradley Cooper. And now he's photographing animals. He says, I think that it's much more gratifying. We'll find out. <laughs> And probably easier than photographing celebrities. And I'm going to ask him some tips on how to photograph my cats because I have a lot of trouble photographing them. I pull out the camera. They won't look at the camera. They don't do anything I ask them to. But that's a cat. The dog I have no problem with. The dog will sit there and look right into the camera and smile. (laughs) But uh, can't do it with the cat. So I'm going to ask him tips on photographing cats. What are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Brooks? I've got an interesting story for you, Hal, from uh, Vancouver, or no, Victoria, British Columbia, where a cat, a senior cat, came face to face with seven dogs. It was a, it could have been a really harrowing event. In fact, it was kind of odd. We'll tell you about it. 
That's on the way. Let's go to your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Let's go to Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi there. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I just got off work. Where do you work? Walmart. Walmart. Good for you. Good for you. Let's yeah. That's a round of applause for Susan, who works for a company that does not pay their employees properly. That's true. <laughs> they what? work as hard enough. Well, how can we help you today? I got the whole team here for you. Well, I have a miniature schnauzer. He's eight years old, and about two years ago, he's been fixed. He decided he was going to start marking things. And I've got another miniature schnauzer that he decided he wants to help him do it. And I'm just about at my wit's end. I went and bought diapers for him. They got the puppy diaper I put on them. But every chance they get to do it, they'll do it. And now I've got a labradoodle, and I don't want him doing it. So I'm like, what do I do to break it? All right. So you know which you know which dog started it, right? Yes, I do. Okay. So that's where we kind of go back to. So that's going to be kind of case zero. <laughs> so for that guy, we want to really make sure that you get him to the veterinarian and let's get him examined. Um, we, we may want to check some things like his urine, just kind of check his overall health and decide if there's something that could be triggering this change. Because this isn't something he's done before at all, huh? Yeah, he's went to the vet, vet quite a few times. He had diarrhea for a long time when we first got him. Uh, yeah, he had yeah. whipworms, and we had to fight getting rid of him. We finally oh, yeah. got rid of him, yeah. and he doesn't have diarrhea in- no more. Okay, but Susan, so he's never, other than just recently, he's not urinated in the house um, as a young adult dog. Is that correct? Not when he was little. Okay. All Actually, right. he's about six years old. So, okay, so six. So he's been doing it for a couple years now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, and We watch him like a hawk, too, you know, and uh, you still can't catch him all the time. Okay. So he started doing this a couple of years ago, and is that what I'm understanding? Yes. Okay. And how long has it been since your second dog is now urinating in the house? He doesn't do it very often, but every now and then I'll catch him go right behind Buddy and do it. Okay. Well, he, he's, I'm not going to blame him because he's actually doing a scent marking. So he's seeing and smelling the odor. So he's just kind of going over top of that and putting his mark down. Um, and I thought so, if Labradoodle does it, I'm in trouble. Yeah, well, we have to go back to the, your, your first dog that's doing it. Now, I'll be honest, this has been going on a couple years. It's kind of challenging at this point to suggest some basic things to try to fix this because we've got a couple issues going on. We've got a dog that's already scent marked in the house. If We have to figure out if there's health and or behavioral triggers for that and address that. So that's why I'm recommending you go to the vet with a specific concern of urinating in the house. And if this has not been evaluated by your veterinarian, that's what we got to work on because there's a lot of reasons. And the reason I mention that is, especially in schnauzers, there's a breed I see a lot of bladder stones in. Um, they also can get diabetes, um, have other liver-type problems. So we want to make sure we check him for his health sake before we start saying, okay, we've got a behavioral problem we got to work on. But the, okay. but the honest truth is for a dog that is urine marking in the house, we, we, we really need to make some household changes. So this isn't going to be an easy thing that I'm going to say, give him a pill and it's going to fix it. We really, we have to kind of go back to square one and treat him like a puppy. So I'm going to assume you take him to the vet, they check his urine, do some blood and urine. He's totally fine. They say nothing's wrong with him. Um, You've got a dog that wants to urine mark in the house. And then from there, then we have to work on some strategies. And one is that 
you say you watch him like a hawk, but he is going to have to be kind of like on lockdown. He cannot be trusted until he builds positive behaviors. So if he has um, the ability to kind of run around the house unsupervised and he urine marks when you're home, you got a real problem there. And he cannot have that level of trust. So we have to take him back to that of like a little six-week-old or an eight-week-old puppy and really have him under constant supervision. Um, do you have a doggy door, or do they? Um, do you let them outside? We let them outside. Um, okay. We have a, a grandson that came up, so I opened up the grandson's bedroom, and that dog walked right in there, right by me, and went to cock his leg and to pee on the sleeping bags of air yep. mattress yep. that we have in the closet. And boy, yep. I swatted him then, you know. And well, that does no good. <laughs> that does no good. So we can't discipline him. Yeah. When we discipline a dog that's doing this type of behavior, there's usually some trigger for that. So we're really not winning any battles. What we want to do is supervise him, set him up to be successful. If we know he's marking in the house, and this is a pattern he's been doing for years, I'm going to suggest that you keep him on a tethered leash on your side. And you can keep him very close, whether that be a head harness, like a, a gentle lead harness, or an actual just leash, and you keep them close. And in my office, I have dogs that I know mark on corners and walls. We avoid those. We don't go up against things that are typical scent um, mark sites, corners, um, or entry exit parts of the home. Those are areas where dogs are very territorial towards marking in those areas. And having a you know a young uh, child in the house, yeah, he may be marking out of sense of hey, this is my territory, um, or he may say hey, I'm protecting this kid, and anything that's around him, I'm marking to just kind. To say I got, I got him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, so we got some work here. So we really need to remember he should not be let to run loose because he's going to be doing this in the house without supervision. So I want you to keep him on your your hip. I'd like him to wear a belly band, and. Um, Okay, and they can help. They're they're not the magic cure for every dog, but a belly band is basically like kind of an elasticy fitting uh, piece of fabric that goes right over the boy's genital parts and just kind of cinches down over the top of their back. Um, it's not necessarily a diaper, but it's something that helps that if they urinate, they're actually urinating on themselves, and it helps to kind of create a sense of ooh, this isn't good. I don't like to feel this way, and it helps to curb some of that urine marking in many male dogs. So. But, pad in there? I put a pad in it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a fan of um, putting the pad in because you're basically absorbing the urine before That's it contacts him. You know? Yeah. 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 I, thought, I never thought of that until you just said that, you know, as a baby. Yeah. They can wear a yeah. wet diaper forever now. Yeah. Now, the other thing is that I want you to actually schedule time to walk him outside on a leash to go to the bathroom and take him to an area and teach him the word um, go potty or go to the bathroom and actually have treats in your pocket and reward him after he does it after. Now, you may not, he may not know the word right away, but when you take him outside and you notice he starts to mark, great. You say, go potty. And then you reward him after he's done, let him finish his business. Okay. Um, okay. That's how you train him to the Q word, and you use that positive reward when he goes outside with you, and you help to tell him, this is what I want you to do. It's not going to be yelling at him indoors. This is what I want you to do, and you're going to get good stuff, whether it's love or treats at that time. So You know what? He's the most loving little schnauzer you ever seen. He never gets with That's how sweet he is. And whenever yeah. we do swat him, you know, it's like a love tap. So yeah. I think that's part of the reason he's so dang spoiled. 
Well, and that's the thing, too. And so this may be even something when we have multiple dogs, it does get challenging to do some of these types of behavior training stuff. So sometimes calling in a behaviorist. Um, so if you're in an area near a vet school, they certainly have behaviorists on, um, on staff there. Um, but having a consultant, having someone come to your home to actually kind of help you with this a bit more, because it can be quite complicated. And like I said, Susan, you said this has been going on for years. So we're, it's going to take a lot of sincere efforts to get this um, under control. And it might mean even pulling some behavior medicine in, too. So that's that's not something I'd rule out, but um, I think we got a lot of work in the meantime. Thanks for your call, Susan. We appreciate it. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. you found us it's animal radio this is where we celebrate the connection with your pets you can call us toll free 1-866-405-8405 on the other end of that phone judy who's uh screening your calls for dr debbie and dog father joey Vellani. and it looks like you're busy at work over there you got a lot of phone calls yeah, that phone lines are just lighting up so we're going to head to the phones in just a couple of seconds here don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone and android and it's a free download, so go download it now. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, for his second appearance on Animal Radio, Francesco Marcigliano. 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 Valiant effort, Hal. I've got to get it right, because last time I screwed it up. Marcigliani. What? You're not anywhere near. Marcigliani. It doesn't even end with an I. It's Marcigliano. Marcigliano. Yes. He's uh, he's the author of the Sally Forth cartoon. Do you read that in your local paper? I do. It's in my paper. You're actually one of the only people that I know that still actually reads cartoons <laughs> from the paper. They're comics. They're not comics. cartoons. Yeah, I think you're the only people on the planet who get a newspaper, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I know. I was talking. It's been like 40-something years. I've got a paper. I just have to have it. And I you don't pay like... an incredible amount it for it. It is outrageous. The price has really gone up. Don't you I... pay like $400 a year for it? I pay about uh, $320. That's just crazy. Wow. You know you can get all that stuff online for free, right? I can't free, do right? it online. I need that tactile paper in my hands. I just I and I look forward to going out there and getting the paper in the morning and sitting down and looking at it. I don't want to put you know with the computer and iPad that's work. Yeah. To me this is something Yeah, it's, it is different. Yeah, it's different and I like it. Well, I'm sure Francesco will be happy to hear that cuz that's how he gets his paycheck. He is the Francesco au- who? Francesco Marcigliano. <laughs> I guess. He uh I guess he doesn't even draw the cartoons. He just writes the cartoons. Yeah. Apparently, we're in a and day. Someone and age, else draws them. Someone else draws them. We're in a day mm-hmm. and age where there's you know a whole I crew. Could do that. I know. I could do that too. I want to write cartoons and tell people what That's to draw. Like four sentences a day. I know. <laughs> and he makes a living doing this. But I'm sure he's single. We'll find out. 
Oh, yeah. Sounds like a crazy cat guy. Yeah, crazy cat and dog guy. Yeah, that's true. He has a brand new book called I Could Pee on This Too. I guess the first one did very well. So we'll find out what so that's all about. you number two. Sure you do. You yeah. always need a follow-up. Uh, let's see. Robert Samro with five differences between dogs and cats. I can name five differences right off the bat, so we'll see what his take is on that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to have Viagin back on. They're going to tell us the future of cloning. What is the future of cloning? Hmm. We're all very... Ask them if it's ever going to be less expensive. Less expensive, <laughs> hopefully. And, yeah. of course, there's a lot of implications to it right now. You know, right. morally and ethically, and uh, people that somewhat sometimes get confused, thinking that they're creating the same pet that they had before, and not realizing that it's just an identical twin, that it could have a different personality. Uh, but we'll find out more with, uh, I believe, the top dog over there, Blake Russell, will be joining us, and then Richard Fibbs. He's a photographer, pretty famous photographer, and he's now shooting shelter pets, uh, photographing shelter pets. <laughs> yeah, be careful the way you word that, Hal. I'm going to ask him some tips on taking photos of my pets because I uh, I can't take a good photo of my cats. They're pretty bad. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do. But some cats just are not easy to photograph. No, they aren't. I'm looking at his book and I'm seeing, or on his Instagram page, and I'm seeing just some amazing photographs. So he must have some tricks and hopefully he'll impart those to us. And uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Brooks? Well, I'm going to tell you about a couple... In uh, the City of Lights, that is remembering their pet in a gigantic and expensive way. The City of Lights, I'm assuming that's Las Vegas would be my guess? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was a wild guess there. Sometimes <laughs> I really on. impress myself. <laughs> Joey, what are you working on? Well, we're going to talk about some essentials, things that not only will keep your pet looking great, but also make them feel great. Okay, that's on the way. I have a question about... Uh, Ladybug has one of those yeast infections again in her ears. Oh, and boy. Okay. I, I think. It just smells really, really nasty. So we'll... You know what? I would go I would go right to Dr. Deb and say, hey, look at this, Dr. Deb. You know, what do, what do you got in your bag of tricks? There? Do some dogs so get I'm more yeast infections than others, Joey? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like people, you know. Some people are prone to certain things. Some dogs are prone to certain things. I've seen dogs that have had chronic ear problems where they've gone to the veterinarian um, three, four times a month um, to, 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 for it to be taken care of, and, and 14 years later, they still had the problem. Yeah, this is so. Th- yeah. This is not her first. Yeah, but, you know, it's only been like this year. She's eight years old. She made it seven years without an ear infection. This is just all of a sudden. I don't know. What, what is it, just water? Chemistry, it's, it's pH. Okay. Yeast infections are usually a pH, um, an imbalance of pH. Um, which um, could be corrected by, you know, something as easy as drops, pills, or just, you know, staying diligent and staying on top of it. So, but you know what? Uh, it's better if a veterinarian looks at it and makes that assumption, and, um, you know, you get the right the right treatment. Okay, well, as soon as Dr. Debbie gets into the studio here, we will uh, pass the dog right to her. And say, right to her nose. Smell her ear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Dr. Debbie likes that kind of stuff, too. I know. She, she gets off she on does. the smells. <laughs> okay. This uh, comes out of the... Uh, Oh, I hate to say it. it comes out of the AARP newspaper. <laughs> uh, I don't read it. Someone Wait, passed it on. Let me leave on. the room. I'm too young to hear this. <laughs> this is uh, kind of an interesting story. Google, as we know, just one of the world's biggest technology companies, is they've received a patent on a technology that would help a person or a dog stick to a car. Yeah, stick literally, to a, literally stick, stick to, to a, a car. car. Why would you want that? Well, they say. 
that when a car strikes a pedestrian or a dog, much of the injury results when the pedestrian or the dog hits the ground. That's mm. So they figure if they stick to the car... This is for real, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, this is not a joke. It's similar to the adhesive layer of double-sided duct tape, apparently. So I don't know. They'll pick up a lot of other things, I would imagine. I don't know if I want things stuck all over my car. <laughs> For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.biogenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N Pets.com. This is Brandon McMillan, host of the weekly CBS TV series, Lucky Dog. I'm also the spokesperson for the 8th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66, brought to you by Fido Friendly Magazine. This tour will stop at numerous shelters from L.A. to Chicago to support pet adoption events across the country. Visit us online at FidoFriendly.com and click the Route 66 badge to see where the tour stops in a town near you. Swing by, and who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. If you have cats, I bet you didn't realize there's a connection between common health problems in cats to the type of litter you use. Ammonia forms in the litter box and can cause vomiting, diarrhea, drooling, panting, and even upper respiratory infections. You can stop this by switching to Cats Incredible Litter. It has patented technology that stops ammonia from forming, with all profits going to help animals in need. Available now at your local pet store and Petco stores nationwide. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Anyone who has ever lost a pet knows how devastating that can be. Well, in Las Vegas, a dog owner there is remembering her fur child in a very public way after losing the tiny five-pound Yorkie named King Louie to brain inflammation and fluid on his spine, and that made it impossible for him to walk anymore. The woman's fiancé works for a billboard advertising agency, so they put their heads together, and they put up not one, but two billboards in Las Vegas to honor Louie, who had, by the way, been on billboards before for local events, so they thought it would be a nice tribute for all he gave to the city to let everyone know that he had passed. It's also a way for the owners to remember Louie while his headstone is being crafted now as he awaits burial in a nearby pet cemetery. You know that antibiotic resistance, you've heard about that a lot, is an urgent public health issue. But much of the focus has been on the rise of drug-resistant bugs and bacteria in humans and farm animals. But what about those animals that we share our homes and our beds with? A new study being done in China is looking into that after finding a man who worked at a pet store and four dogs and two cats who were in the same store to be sold um, were all infected with the very same strain of E. coli that is resistant to what they call the last resort drug, which is polymyxin E. The findings suggest that E. coli can colonize in pets and be transferred between them and we humans. That study was one of several done in recent years to examine whether humans and pets can share drug-resistant bacteria. In fact, uh, just a few years ago, there was a 
a study being done in the United Kingdom. When it was concluded, they found that pets and humans can pass MRSA back and forth. And in earlier research, scientists discovered that the presence of MRSA was actually eight times more likely in homes that had cats. The bottom line? Well, experts say, although the possibility of any disease is a pretty big factor to think about, the risk is low and often considered to be outweighed by the benefits of pet ownership. So while the possibility of pets spreading drug-resistant bacteria to their owners may be limited, there is growing concern among veterinarians about the rise of antibiotic resistance in our companion animals, especially infections of the skin, urinary tract, and surgical sites. This must have been quite a sight. It's never funny when animals fight, but you won't believe this incident in Victoria, British Columbia, where seven pit bulls were out for their regular walk, simply minding their own business, according to the dog walker, when in her words, they were attacked, all eight of them, by a cat named Baby. Kyla Grover told a local newspaper the dogs were simply walking by, completely minding their own business, when Baby the Cat decided she was going to take on all of those dogs. And Baby did not back down, by the way. The dog walker said that none of the dogs even fought back while the cat was swiping at them and then also latched onto one of the dog's faces. The encounter left the dog walker in the emergency room with several cat bites, while one of the pit bulls did have to go to the vet for scratches on her face. By the way, Baby is 16 years old. Her owner says the sight of all those dogs likely scared their cat, claiming she's a watchdog and doesn't know it. They are now, by the way, paying the $222 vet bill for the dog whose face was injured. And after spending six years inside in a barn stall, Lazarus is finally getting a second chance. It's a great story. The Great Pyrenees dog lived inside a barn for all those years, never getting outside, and apparently he was never brushed either. So his coat was severely matted. In fact, it was so bad that two groomers together took 35 pounds of matted hair off of Lazarus, who has been rescued by Big Fluffy Dog Rescue and is now in a foster home in Virginia. They say poor Lazarus isn't yet interested in humans or even other animals or even going inside his foster home. So for now, his foster mom is sleeping with him outside in their garage. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, Five Differences Between Dogs and Cats. It's the oldest argument in the pet world. Okay, maybe not, but it's still something that I find myself discussing with family, friends, and those who love pets. That's right, dogs versus cats. Now, I know that I could go on for a very long time, but I thought I would highlight Five differences between cats and dogs. Let's start with the reality that cats are solitary beings by nature and that dogs are pack animals. So if you're looking for a best friend who will want to be around you and your family most of the time, then a dog is your choice. Your dog instinctively wants to be a part of the family and will be more interested in being a part of your activities and making the pack happy. A cat will certainly be a part of your family, but it will be on their terms when it's convenient and when it makes them happy. This isn't a bad thing as it makes them more adapted to be content and more self-sufficient. 
Next, cats are built for speed, jumping, and agility. Now, I've seen plenty of athletic and agile dogs flying through the air to grab a toy or a frisbee. However, that's been the rare occasion compared to the athletic feats and consistent abilities I've seen from cats. Cats are physically designed and predisposed to be able to climb, jump, and perform acrobatic feats, whereas dogs simply aren't. It doesn't mean that a dog can't, but it does mean that if you're looking for an acrobatic furry friend, a cat is likely to be a better choice. Dogs and cats have different nutritional needs and tolerances as well. Cats are true carnivores and need meats and proteins to be healthy and be at their peak performance. Cats also need to eat throughout the day and they get some of their much needed water from the foods they eat. Dogs are omnivores and though they need meat to thrive optimally, they can eat and sustain themselves on meats, vegetables, fruits, and plants. One major physical difference is that cats have retractable claws. I'm certain my sister's cats have retractable claws so that they can trick me into trusting them only to let them loose when I fall for their cute ways. Their claws remain sharper because of their retraction abilities. Dogs' claws are always out and are often doled down by their activities. Another fun physical difference is that the typical dog has 42 teeth while the typical cat has 30. Potty training for cats is also instinctual. Find litter box, use litter box. For dogs, it takes a little bit more training and a whole lot more patience. Speaking of training, while I know the acro cats and others have proved that felines can be trained, it's clearly much easier to train dogs. Finally, I'm convinced that cats are the actual masterminds behind the internet, while dogs are just the champions of the outdoors. Share your cat and dog differences on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. You know the toll-free number, right? Okay, here it is again, 1-866-405-8405. We'll go back to the phones to talk to Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani in just a couple of seconds. But first, the top dog over at Viagen Pets, Blake Russell, is joining us. Hi, Blake. How are you doing? I am great. How are you today? Well, you know what? I've learned so much over the last few weeks about pet cloning, and I think the following question could only be answered by you. Where do you see genetic preservation and cloning going in the future? You know, today most pet owners still aren't aware that genetic preservation and cloning is available and safe. As they learn more about Viagen Pets and our services, we think that genetic preservation will become much more routine for all pet lovers. Our client stories are growing daily, and when you find that special animal companion, the ability to bond again with an identical twin, well, it's just amazing. What about for you know a client? Um, how do they know if their veterinarian offers this, or how do you c- connect uh, a client to a veterinarian that does this kind of service? So, almost every veterinarian um, would be willing and able um, to accomplish the genetic pres- the tissue biopsy for the genetic preservation process. However, if the client feels more comfortable in identifying a veterinarian in their area that has experience with this, they can contact Viagen at eight 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 seven six six one zero four and We'll actually connect them with someone in their area who has um, done this before and is experienced in the process. If there is a veterinarian listening right now that wants to be involved in this, can they get in touch with you for training? Is there a certain training for this? 
It's it's actually very simple, but they uh, can get in touch with us and make sure that uh, we're aware that uh, where they're located and that they're willing for us to refer clients to them. It happens on a regular basis that people call in and say, I would like to find a veterinarian in my area that understands the process and can can both take the tissue biopsy and send that to Viagen. Okay, and I learned just a few weeks ago the genetic preservation process, the first process in cloning, is really just storing the genes. And you can store the genes for decades, is that correct? That's correct. In fact, we're cloning animals today that were genetically preserved more than 20 years ago. Wow. 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 How does somebody that's interested in genetic preservation or cloning get in touch with you guys? So the first thing they can do is find us on the Internet at viagenpets.com, or they can pick up their phone and they can contact us at 888-876-6104. And I suggest they do that. Melaine on the other end of that phone. Very informative. Her number, 888-876-6104. And the website, viagenpets.com. Of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Blake, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Thank you, guys. Have a terrific day. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Next hour, Francesco Martigliano will be joining us. I think I've got it down pretty good now. I I messed it up last year when he was on. I want to impress him this time. I want him to say, hey... (laughs) You got it right, finally. (laughs) He, of course, the author of the Sally Forth cartoons and the books, I Could Pee on This and I Could Pee on This, too. And uh, we'll have giveaways of his brand new book in just a few minutes. But first, right now, the photographer to the stars, Richard Fibbs, is joining us. He's uh, shot Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lopez, Bradley Cooper, a lot of celebs. But now he's doing something kind of different. He's taking photos of animals. And I have so many questions for him. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you? Very good. So now what, what's the deal? You're shooting uh, animals for shelters? Uh, what am I doing? I'm, um... <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> yeah. I've been taking uh, portraits of homeless shelter animals for the last four years. And my, I'm, I'm a huge animal lover. Yeah. And uh, my job is fortunate enough to take me to many places around the world. And I'm horrified at the sort of global disgrace of cruelty to animals. I assume this is a lot more gratifying than uh, shooting celebrities. Uh, you've guessed right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's more cooperative, the animals or the celebrities? Um, it's probably the the animals don't have publicists, so probably the animals. <laughs> when you, uh, you said you're traveling around the world photographing these animals, where have you gone? No, I when I when I travel around the world, it isn't to photograph animals. When I when I travel around the world, it's usually to do it's to do work, it's to do jobs. And uh, as as a portrait fashion photographer in New York, I'm um, I'm I'm given many assignments, and so when I go on assignment, that's what gets me to to travel. And it is through the travel that's when it, when I see so much suffering. And I, as opposed to sitting around and just being heavy hearted and feeling bad about it all, I thought I should. Uh, Maybe there was something I could do, 
And there's something about taking a picture that does... Uh, I take great satisfaction out of taking a picture that does something, um, as opposed to just promoting someone's career or selling fashion. So um, I had... Uh, I hooked up with the Humane Society of New York, which is a, a local shelter here, uh-huh. and I, I suggested, what if we did portraits of, of all your dogs and cats that need help? And they said, let's give it a try. So we did it, and we did it once, and then it proved to be incredibly successful because uh, they were the traffic of the shelter would increase, and it became like this whole new thing. And then because of, of, of my job and being a fashion photographer in New York, it got blogged and Instagrammed and Facebooked and before you know it, it was like incredibly successful so i just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and here we are four years later and 200 and 235 animals later wow yeah it's been really amazing i've looked at your instagram account and right. there's some amazing pictures there i want to know how you take such amazing pictures of animals because i sit down in front of my cat <laughs> and i can't get my cat to look at me i can't yeah. i have so much trouble give me some tips Right, sure. Well, I mean, really what we're talking, it's portraiture. It's not just a picture of an animal. You're trying to get the essence of that being. So when I'm, I'm taking a picture of an athlete or a politician or a celebrity, or it's, it's really, it's, it's kind of, no, there's, there's not much of a difference. The only difference is when they, with the animals, there's usually like squeaky toys involved. Things, things, things like I don't that. know. That might work for a politician or an athlete. <laughs> it could be true. But I mean, uh, we, what, we, what we do is we take in a tiny examination room at the Humane Society of New York, which is this fantastic organization. And, and we transform this examination room into a, uh, into a photo studio. So we, you know, we have, we cover the, the, the walls in white and then we build a little platform out of apple boxes and then we bring in some artificial lights because we're in this dark room. And I can create an environment that ho- will hopefully make this animal feel kind of safe when I'm taking their picture. So when the animal is introduced into the room, they're terrified most of the time. And as you can imagine, the, the, the guys, the animals that end up at the shelter have gone through unimaginable suffering. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all there, there, there's a certain kind of process that, that I do that seems to be effective, and we all stay low to the ground and let the animal do its research and do not make eye contact with the animal. Oh, really? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. No, you let them figure it out just so they get their bearings and kind of understand what's... So they do their little research and they sniff around, and then you, you try to see, like, what motivates the animal. So it can be many things. It can be food. It can be the crackle of a package. It can be keys. It could be a squeaky toy. It can be a ball. Or often it is nothing there because they're so scared. There is nothing. So try to, with uh, you know, as much love as possible, make that animal feel calm, and uh, then we start taking pictures. That's, that's, that's it. Actually, I, and I've added one other thing. And, okay. and I have a, 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 a portable sound system, and on the sound system I, I play Eternal Ohm, which is a, a chant, but it's a very calming sound. So that um, people say, do you think it works? And I'm like, well, I've done it every time, so it has worked so far. That's interesting. So that's what we do. Okay. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun what you do, and, and of course, for a great cause. I encourage listeners to check out your Instagram at Richard Fibbs, and that's spelled P-H-I-B-B-S. That's and, correct. And uh, you also have your website, richardfibbs.com. I haven't had a chance to check it out there. I assume there's some great yeah. photography over there, sure. too. And um, what's wonderful, too, is in, in October, a, a publisher approached me uh, because he had adopted a dog based on one of these these images. Oh, wow. And uh, 
a publisher called Aperture, which is a fine art publisher, and he said to me, are, would you, is there, are you willing to do a book with all the, your images? And I'm like, gosh, for sure. So a book is coming out in October, and it's called uh, Rescue Me. It's available on Amazon right now. 100% of my proceeds will go to the Adoption Center of the Humane Society of New York. Um, yes. Yeah. We hope, we, we hope it's a huge success because uh, we are trying to enlighten and awaken the world to the beauty and importance of shelter animals. You know, there, there's so many wonderful animals in these shelters, and people should stop buying dogs. Stop it. There's so many fantastic animals in all these shelters. There you go. Richard, You've all the ladies in the studio, their hearts have melted. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at your picture right now. <laughs> Richard, thank you so much for joining us today and doing what you're doing. You're so welcome. Thank you for everything. We're going to head back to the phones toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 for your calls. Hey, he's not a bad-looking guy. Buffalo Wild Wings is proud to announce our new half-price wing Tuesdays. Now, instead of getting a discount on individual wings, you get any size of traditional wings at half the price. Order a small, it's half the price. Two larges, half the price. Try all 21 sauces and seasonings for half of what it would cost you any other day of the week. We could call it twice as good Wing Tuesdays, but we don't. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Valid for a limited time. Prices and participations vary. Restrictions apply. See participating locations for details. Void where prohibited. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And let us not forget the news director, Lori Brooks, who uh, works tirelessly. I, you know, I don't understand why they announce us. They don't announce her. we gotta, we got to look know, into it. I never it. got that either, Hal. Especially <laughs> since you put in more hours. <laughs> You're here before we ever even get here, and you leave after we leave. And people well, don't know that. Somebody has to bring the donuts, right? Absolutely. I, in fact, I can attribute my weight gain totally to you since you started. Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I just need to figure out who I can uh, attribute my baldness to. So what, what are you working on this hour? Well, there is uh, a cat that has been adopted. That They are calling this cat a hero. He's a very special cat. He's got... Four of something he's only supposed to have two of. Huh. Four, huh? Is it one of those yes, pterodactyl uh, kitties that has the little mm-hmm. paws with the extra fingers? No, nope. no, no. Mm-mm. But because of this cat's uniqueness, he brought so many people into the shelter, all of these other animals found homes. Oh, that's cool. So, okay. a very cool story. Okay, that's on the way with Miss Lori Brooks. First, we're going to go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. A great app to have, by the way, because if there's any recalls or news that affects your animals, you'll know immediately. And uh, don't forget, in just a few minutes, Francesco Marchiglia... Marchiglia... Marchi- Him? Yeah. Really? We'll be on the, uh, the, the author of the, uh, Sally Forth cartoon, also the author of the brand new book, I Could Pee on This Too. And this is his second time here, so I gotta get his name. Second time? He's been on three or four times. Has he? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Was I here? Yeah. Francesco Martigliano. How about that? Martigliano. I thought I said it better. Oh, well. And let's go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad, pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, right now I'm in Brooksville, Florida. Florida, okay. What's going on? I have the entire Dream Team here for you. 
Well, I have a domestic short hair. She's about 20, 21 pounds. Holy cow. She's always been a healthy cat, and her mother, (laughs) I say her mother, my wife, she uh, has the uh, open buffet, which Mm, is the the open food bowl. She just pours the bag of food in, and the cat eats insatiably. Okay. Non-stop. I mean, we come home, and she hops down off the table and runs to the food bowl. We come out okay. of the back of the bedroom, out of the back of the house, and she hops down off the table and runs to the food bowl. And she stays indoors, or does she go outside? Oh, yeah. No, she's an indoor cat. So, and then, so what's prompting you to call? Because you said she's always been big. Is there some change in her health or well, something that has I, you concerned? I'm just curious, is the insatiable appetite, or is it just that the food's there and I'm going to eat it? Uh, could be a little both. I know that's kind of... <laughs> Yeah. So the the truth is that um, for dogs and cats, I mean, just like people, everybody has a kind of a different hunger set point um, when we feel like we're hungry. Some of that's set up on um, the type of food we eat. Some of it's genetic. Some of it's based on of our activity level. Um, okay. So for a kitty that is, um, I'm going to presume that a 20 to 21 pound weight for her is excessive, that she's overweight. If I had a picture of her and I could see her, you know, for cats that are generally that big, unless they're a Maine Coon, they're generally kind of potato shaped and they got a little head. So if that's kind of yeah. what her f- physique looks like, then she's going to fit into the obese category. And the sad truth is about 35% of U.S. cats are actually obese. Um, overweight or obese. So it is a huge amount. And some of this is where learning is there's some strategies and changes that we can actually adopt, do different things to help. And I think it's really important to recognize first that cats in the wild, whatever kind of cat it is, a tiger, a a domestic cat that's outside, um, they are Mm -hmm. actually hunters. So they basically are going to go out, chase their prey, eat it and consume it. That prey is actually very high in protein and fat, but it isn't so high in carbohydrate. And and in fact, if you look at what like, you know, a mouse is made up of, (laughs) a mouse is like um, only maybe one or two percent carbohydrate. And the reason this is interesting is when we look at dry food, kibble that you pour in the bowl, that is generally around 40% carbohydrate. So the difference is if we know cats are meant to be carnivores, but we pour this kibble in the bowl, that is essentially carbohydrate is energy. And if she's putting on weight, she doesn't need that level of energy. But the unfortunate thing, so the unfortunate thing is um, a lot of these high carbohydrate diets actually they actually want to keep eating it. <laughs> so we know that if we switch cats that are having this type of problem to a higher protein and limited carbohydrate diet, it actually kind of resets their hunger level because protein and fat have the benefit of um, affecting the speed at which the stomach empties. So it makes them feel fuller longer than if they get a lot of carbohydrate. It's kind of like, you know, if I sit down with a bag of chips, you know, I feel satisfied. I love to eat them. I'm going to keep eating them. But, you know, next I'm going to say, okay, where's my dessert now? I want more. Whereas if you eat a good protein meal, you feel a bit more satisfied for some time. So um, for cats, we just have to think a little bit differently. So what this means is that if we're thinking about what's the best food for some cats, um, it may be best to go to a canned food because canned foods are actually much lower in um, the carbohydrates. Um, there's a lot more moisture in there, which is good for their kidneys as well. 
Um, so that would be one strategy that we can look at doing. Now, now that's that that sounds good, but we've tried every cat tree that's come out. Just about, mm-hmm. she won't touch any of them. Mm-hmm. But she likes she likes chicken. I mean, cooked. Mm-hmm. We've my she cooks it in the microwave because she doesn't want to add anything to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and gives it straight up, gives her chicken, chops it all up, makes it all mushy, and oh. you know, pates it, I guess. But she. Yeah. She's very finicky. If she don't like it, she'll scratch the food bowl all day long. Okay, all right. We have to dispel something right here. Fat cats are not finicky. (laughs) They are masters (laughs) at manipulating. They are not finicky. She just knows how to ring your bell, man. That's all this is. That sounds like I ring her bell. I'm the one that wants to put the lid on the open buffet at least, you know, eight hours a day. Yeah, well. Okay, so if I understand what you're saying is that if I do something like that, I need to make sure that the protein and the fat content is. See, I'm going to have to look at the food now. Yeah, um, and as, and if she's in if she's in the category of an obese cat, this is really something that I would suggest some veterinary direction for a couple reasons. One is that to mm-hmm. help you pick the right food, and there are some great different strategies that we can go with diet, whether you do a dry food or a canned food, because there are some other even dry foods that are high in protein, lower in carbohydrates, and in fact, we use them all the time with diabetic cats, and they're very successful. Sometimes putting diabetic cats in remission, so that's uh, one thing. There's also a really wonderful weight loss food um, that I use from Hills called Metabolic Diet, and I really love it. I've had some cats lose a tremendous amount of weight on that. So that's another thing your veterinarian may help you with. But the other yeah. reason that it's so important not to try to handle this yourself and to change oh, foods yeah. and, and str- be real strict is because cats, if we kind of pull the rug out under them and they stop eating, they can actually go into a type of a liver condition called hepatic lipidosis. So meaning if they don't eat for a couple days, that liver tries to kind of mobilize a new energy pathway and it can actually cause some very serious liver failure. So um, I would want you to work with your veterinarian on this. But some other little kind of changes that I can tell you around the house that we can try for a kind of a lazy cat, if I can say that, I'm not trying to be insulting, <laughs> but for a lazy cat, um, we will take their dry food and put it in actually food dispensing toys. So there's all sorts of different ones out there. Um, Kong makes them. There's one by Slim Cat. And you basically, um, instead of putting the food in the bowl for her, you give her this little object. And then her job is to push that object around, knock the food out, and then she eats in that way. And it helps to kind of give her something to do. And that's one of the kind of short change things we've done with cats that live indoors is they're kind of bored. They don't hunt for their food. So we have to find ways to make it interesting and to kind of have her um, work for it. I so that would just be a really- saw one of, one of those apparatuses that you put the food in or the treats, mm-hmm. I think, and you make them roll it around and then it yeah. comes out and they... I yeah. just saw that the other day, and that's exactly something. Yeah. I, now, I when you do that, though, you got to make sure that you don't leave food in her bowl. So it, yeah. it's a new way of feeding her. So she's already demanding you give her food. So you can put it out in a little ball, let make her work for it. Even just kind of taking cardboard boxes and cutting, like, little holes in places where she might take her paw and, like, knock the food around. And you can get creative and then have her work to get that out. That even, too, is a way of uh, mentally and physically stimulating a cat to kind of move around for their meals. A 
little exercise going on. Yes. yes. Well, I, we're, she's due for her shots here. This is uh, September and October, so we will be um, conversing with the veterinarian about that because mm-hmm. I'm going to have to be a little more assertive. Um, yeah. My wife, I mean, yes, I she she bats her eyes at me and wags her tail, and I just have the hardest time looking at her saying no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there, you know, putting the the food in the toys does kind of pull you out of the equation. The other thing that I often recommend for cats that demand feeding is to pull you out of that equation is to use automatic cat feeders and give her small frequent meals. So it, this works nice if you're doing dry that you can set it to go off like every four hours where she just gets a little bit of food and then she be not she doesn't come to you then she goes to where that food is and that kind of also eliminates that emotional begging there. <laughs> chance for mom to break down and uh, let's get into this here. <laughs> you got it, man. With the chicken than, than I see anything else, but better the... All right. The, 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 the lesson is fat cats are not picky, all right? <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for calling today. I appreciate it. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 or from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Don't you know this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Bar Naturals canned food for dogs and cats? It's always made in the USA with natural functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more about these guys over at redbarninc.com and thank you Red Barn for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey everyone. This is Life Tips with Geico. Life Tip 1. Use a shower squeegee to remove pet fur from carpet. Squeegee is also very fun to say. Consider it when naming a pet or child. Life Tip 2. Switch to GEICO and you could save hundreds on your car insurance. With over 75 years of experience and a 97% customer satisfaction rating, they know what they're doing. GEICO. Get savings into your life. Visit GEICO.com today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You found us. It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. And if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, if you have a vet medical question... Or Joey Villani with your grooming questions. Also this hour, Francesca Marciliano will be joining us. And he is the uh, author of Sally Forth and the books, I Could Pee on This and I Could Pee on This Too. And you tell me that he's been on several times before? Oh, three, four times. Really? I think this is his fourth time. Wow. Okay, well, very funny guy. I just remember one other time, but uh, you're the producer, so you, you must know. Was I here? Yes, you were here. Well, okay. you were here, but I don't know if you were here. Oh, okay. Well, that's... We, we never know if you're really here, Hal. <laughs> sure. Um, let's uh, go to the phones. Toll free, one 405 In just a few minutes, we're going to check the news with Miss Lori Brooks. What are you working on? You know, over in the corner of my office, you guys have been giving me a difficult time about my cat tower. I like because it. Because it is... <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, it serves a purpose, but I mean, it just is so ratty looking. But how do you keep something nice looking when cats are clawing on it all the time? So um, I did some research and found a company that is make... It's called Polycat Towers. And it's new material. It's non-toxic. uh has no odor to it. They don't use glue staples. It's amazing. 
So we're going to check it out. Okay, that's on the way. So listen up, cat lovers. Uh, let's go to the phones. one 405 Hey, Ken, how are you doing? Hey, we're doing good. How are you doing this fine day? Good. Where are you calling from? Oh, we're calling from Colorado. I love Colorado. That's my hometown is Colorado. Oh, whereabouts? I was born and raised in Denver, Colorado. And now, oh, okay. Now I have a southern draw that I just didn't have 30 seconds ago. But, <laughs> oh, <where'd okay>. <laughs> What's going on, Ken? Oh, you know, I was listening to a driver last week, and I listen to your radio as I'm normally working on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a truck driver, and I have a that travels with me. And uh, I, I hear other dogs you know, with trucks out there also. But my main concern is I have a Corgi that runs around with me in my truck. He's been on the truck for uh, almost three years. And, uh, you know, I took him here a couple of weeks ago to get, uh, you know, his checkup and everything. Uh-huh. And his enzymes in his liver was a little high. Oh. oh, wow. And the doctor was thinking he ingested something and I'm like, well, you know, I got him on a pretty good leash all the time, and he's, you know, he's never really into anything. And we kind of narrowed it down to when she found out where he is, is walking around truck stops and, like, Ooh. rest areas. And there's a lot of overspray of pesticides in the area that I run, you know, with farmlands and stuff. And they lick their paws, and they actually ingest it that way. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that, and Dr. Depp? Yeah, I never heard of it either, and, you know, we got to talking about it, and, you know, there's a couple of steps you can do, is number one, always watch where you walk your dog, especially at a truck stop, if there's oil on the ground, you know, they ingest it through that way, it's like getting a little pair of booties for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just going to say, that would be exactly the first thing I would do, is put little booties on these guys when you got them out walking. Exactly, and especially with the mag chloride that they're putting down now, uh, you know, for the ice melt or the salts that they put down. And, you know, I never even thought about that stuff until we got this report. You know, I mean, he's fine. I mean, he's uh, definitely a healthy dog. He's one of the healthiest corgis you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. And, so his liver uh, enzymes are back to normal now? Uh, yes, everything is back Good. to normal. He's fine. Uh, you know, we just, you know, did that uh, worming, you know, tested him for worms. And that's when the doctor found out about those those enzymes. And I would just love to tell the other drivers out there, really keep an eye out where you walk your dog. Doc, what about those uh, sanitary wipes that they do for pets that you can wipe their paws? How effective what, is are that those? Any good? Well, it might be something you can try short of the booties, but really, a lot of times it's really kind of hosing them off and, and really getting the all the particulates and the things off the skin surface. That can be tough in a really furry dog foot, so um, it might be something you can try. And I do have some clients that will do that, mostly because of not just you know pesticides and things like that, but but just environmental allergens. Um, so some dogs have grass allergies, so come. Coming in from outdoors, you know, we may wipe their feet down with a damp towel. Yeah, it depends a, a bit on our concern level. I'd say for Ken's purposes, gosh, I would be super visual, and I think the booties would be the way to go when he's out in the kind of unknown areas. Um, but, yeah, some of those sprays they put down for devegetation, they can be some some interesting stuff. Well, so, i got to think even at the truck stops there where there's oil on the ground and antifreeze and all kinds of crap on the ground from the trucks. You got it. Yeah, and, you, know, I, you know, there, I, I never thought about that until we had them tested. And now I'm like, you know, my dog has walked, you know, we walk basically the same areas all the time. But now it's, uh, you know, he's literally 
and booties. And your baby, you know, some of the challenges with, with folks that, that truck is that, you know, your dog is going through a lot of environments. So parasites, you know, definitely a huge concern going across country, heartworm, internal parasites, and, and these different environmental toxins. We may not always know what we're going through in some of the areas. So I think it does raise some awareness just to fellow um, drivers out there to, to really be vigilant with your little ones. If you ever seen my Corgi, uh, everybody that's ever seen him, I mean, he is the perfect Corgi. I mean, he's perfect weight, you know, but this dog here, even my vet is like, wow, he's the healthiest dog i ever seen. Mm. It must be because you, you know? listen to animal radio, you're getting all these great tips, huh? Hey, yeah, I love <laughs> it, you know, and uh, I, I really just discovered you a couple of weeks ago. Wow. I thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And give your uh, Corgi a big old hug from all of us here at Animal Radio. one 405 That is toll free to connect in with our dream team. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.ViagenPets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Alan Cable with your real dogs doing amazing things. Watch. You're in Trapper Creek, Alaska, 116 miles north of Anchorage. When you crash your snowmobile, it happened to Otis Orth. When he finally came to a standstill, he couldn't move, but he could talk to his golden retriever, Amber. Turns out Otis had a neck injury and had dislocated both of his arms. He laid out there helpless for 24 hours. You can imagine how cold it was. The only reason he survived the night was because of the warmth of Amber, his dog, laying next to him. At 1.30 p.m. the next day, Otis heard the sound of a snowmobile and told his dog, Amber, to go get them. It was Tom Taylor and his brother. They saw the snowmobile and just assumed the rider was in the woods going to the bathroom. That's when Amber ran out and they didn't want her to follow them, so they sped up, but she just would not give up. Finally, they slowed down and Amber ran back to the spot where Otis was in the woods. That's when Taylor decided to check it out and found Orth lying on the snow. From his hospital bed at the Providence, Alaska Medical Center, Otis says, I owe that dog my life. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A cat with four ears, four of them. Wow. His name is Batman. Yeah, pretty cool. He found a new home this month very quickly. In fact, with just in a few hours of being put up for adoption at a Pittsburgh animal shelter. This unique cat's extra ears, they say, are the product of a recessive gene mutation, which is needed by both parents in order to reproduce those extra ears. Batman was surrendered by his previous owners a month before he was adoptable at the shelter, but he had to stay there an extra four weeks so that he could be treated for a respiratory infection that he caught. This was a forever home made to be for Batman with his new family because the little girl who picked him to live with her forever loves superheroes. 
So the name Batman, you know, really jumped out at her. And the shelter says Batman really is a hero because of all of the publicity surrounding his uniqueness and his ears. Shelter visitors and adoptions were way above normal over the summertime. Well, we told you a few months ago about the contest for cats and dogs with the most unusual names. And now the winners have been announced. Agent Jack Meower. The takeoff of the name of Agent Jack Bauer, you remember from the TV show 24, tops this year's list of the most clever, creative, and quirky cat names called from the list of 575 pets. Number two was Shakespeare, a Bengal cat who lives in Florida with Bengal siblings, by the way, named Romeo and Juliet. And the top dog name belongs to a bulldog named McLovin the Stud Muffin. And the number two dog moniker was Kanye Westy, who is a white Westland, you know, West Highland Terrier, rather. Okay, if you're a cat lover, I would bet anything you probably have at least one cat tower in your home. I know, looking around here, I've got a cat tower and a cat pole. But, you know, they get pretty ratty looking after a couple of months, don't they? Well, now I'm happy to tell you that there is a company called Polycat Towers, and they're making these new, uh, durable, easy-to-keep-clean cat furniture, cat towers, out of high-density polyethylene, which is going to give some advantages over other materials because this new material offers no sharp edges, there's no splinters, no needles, no staples, no glue, no odors, and they say no toxic substances. And on top of all of that, the towers come in three different sizes, have a 10-year warranty, and are made in the U.S. The only thing that I am not quite sure about is there's no sizal on it for the cats to scratch on, but there is some, what they say, eco-friendly carpeting. Now, two years ago, George the dog lost his best friend a Labrador named Blackie. And they'd been friends for 12 years, I believe it was. They played together, lived together, loved each other so much. And then when Blackie died, George's owner, Jackie, says that George was just overcome with grief. He fell into a very serious, sad spell and refused to, to play or run around the way he used to. But then a few weeks ago, What do you know? A duck shows up on their door, and everything has changed. (laughs) They say the duck appeared without warning on their porch one day and immediately waddled over to George the grieving dog. (laughs) Of course, this is a happy story we're telling you. The duck and dog formed an instant bond and are now inseparable. They go on walks together, sleep next to each other in his kennel, and spend quiet time together when George needs a rest. And best of all... The owner says, George has not cried or even looked sad one time since his new best friend, the duck, moved in. That's because the damn duck is quacking all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Can it edge in word-wise? It's so cute because, you know, George has his face, you know, the senior dog, and he's got, you know, gray hair around his eyes. So, you know, he's going to be resting a lot. and, And the duck is just happy to be there with him. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. And let's go to Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning? Very good. Afternoon. Uh, really good. Where are you calling from? Uh, California. California, okay. Well, I've got the whole dream team here. We're ready to answer your questions. What's going on with your animals? 
Uh, you know what? I have a little, um, she's as big as a Pomeranian, and she's always scratching. And uh, this happened, started happening like a year ago. And I've taken her to the bed, and she had no fleas. And, I, and then uh, a month ago, I took her to get her uh, fixed. And um, they, they, were, they told me she might have a, a, a fungus. Mm, okay. and, and I don't know because she, 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 she's always biting uh, her uh, beginning of her tail. Okay. And I look and look and there's nothing. You know, sometimes I find a little scab here and there, but no fleas go. I don't know what the heck's going on. Okay. Alrighty. And is there hair loss in that area? No. Just what she bites it and, uh, you know, it's always wet. That's about it. Okay. And it's only in that area? Does she have the same kind of symptoms elsewhere in her body? Sometimes I, I feel when she sits down, she'll scratch. And I look, uh, what she's scratching un- underneath her, like, um, by her chest. But there's, okay. there's no fleas or none like that. And then, uh, I get, I took, I take her a bath, I buy her flea collars, beach spray, everything, nothing. Mm-hmm. And okay. sometimes when I, when I scratch her back, I find something like little scabs, what is. Okay. All right. So there's definitely you're in an area where fleas are a big concern. So um, even if we don't see them, um, uh-huh. it's cheaper to treat for them. And in many cases, it can just take one flea bite that makes a pet itchy for weeks. So oh. it's really important that you are actually treating for that. And there's some different strategies. There's the quick kill products like things like Capstar, which is a pill that you give. Um, there's some really wonderful um, new oral products as well, um, Brevecto, NexGuard, that work for several months at a time for flea control. But I do think that that would be important to include that because one of the main areas we look for fleas is, is right at the rump area. Right, um, right. So I do think that's an important thing to do. Um, the other things that I think of, especially if she's itching elsewhere, is, you know, we may have a pet that, uh, you know, could have something like allergies. Um, your veterinarian mentioned something about like a, a fungus, like a, maybe like a, a yeast that she might be having on the skin. And they can get yeast or bacteria that causes them to be itchy as well. So, you know, uh-huh. making sure that we're treating that if they have a suspicion for that. Because um, itch doesn't stop with things like yeast unless you treat that. Right. Um, so the other thing that we could start looking at are ways to manage itch. And for every pet, it's a little different. You know, for pets with mild like allergy or itchings, we may try things like Benadryl with fatty acids, other antihistamines. Um, there's uh, Benadryl. Uh huh. Yeah. Now there can be some other drugs that are more potent for itches. So say we have a dog that we really digging themselves up. Some dogs will go to steroids, um, things like prednisone. But there's actually some new drugs that are really good for pets just to kind of kill that itch cycle. Um, and um, actually, we just started using a, a new injectable product, and it's called Caddy, C-A-D-I, and it's really exciting. It, it stops the, um, kind of the pathway, the signals in the itch cycle. So for pets with allergies or a lot of other things, even things like skin mites, um, it can help to kind of make them more comfortable within as quick as a day. Um, so, and, and that's actually not so much a drug drug. It's more of what we call a monoclonal antibody. Sure. So, um, kind of exciting stuff there. Now you were talking about Benadryl. I got to ask this dog. Mm-hmm. Benadryl, yeah. the same kind that, uh, humans take? Yeah, certainly um, it is. Um, now, we always do this with um, your doctor's direction because the dose we base off of the pet's overall health and whether or not they have other concurrent problems. Um, so, um, But, yeah, we can use Benadryl. There's other antihistamines that are used in people, like uh, sometimes we'll use Zyrtec or um, Hydroxazine is another one that people use. Back to the Benadryl, uh, is it a higher dose than what humans 
take? It's actually, yeah, it is actually higher. Um, so yeah, uh, for large dogs, I mean, people take what, a 25 milligram Benadryl? Yeah. Um, and large dogs might take 50 milligrams or more. So it, it would put us under the table for probably a day and a half. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah, and I don't like to discuss doses on the radio just because, you know, I don't know all your pet's specific diagnoses, so I can't really advise you on how much you should give. But, you know, you can definitely talk to your doctor about a specific drug no, dose for her. What can I purchase at Caddyad? Well, it is an injection, and that'll only be at your veterinarian, and it is a new product, so you may have to kind of check around to see. Um, but that plus some of the other drugs, um, well, there's one called Apoquel that's really fabulous for dogs with allergies. We just have to do a little more kind of screening and checking with pets with right. that one. I just feel sorry for it, and if you're scratching, there's nothing I can do about it, you know? Yeah, well, there are some things, but we just really have to kind of, in any situation, what I usually do is I'll say, okay, this is what I would like to do to figure out what's the cause. And then these are some of the therapies we might use. And depending on the budget, honestly, and how long the pets had the problem, we kind of pick and choose what we need to do. So if it's a matter that, um, say, we have a kind of a narrow budget to work with, we may say, okay, I'd like to test these minimal things, but let's try these steps. And that might be treating for mites um, with one of these oral products. Right. It might be using a shampoo. It might be making sure we're doing some good flea control um, and then maybe something to help with the itch. So um, I, I think there's a lot of things that can be done, but the, the first step is kind of asking for help and making sure we, we start to direct that towards her skin. Well, thank you so much, doctor. Thank you. Sam, we wish you the best of luck. If you have any more questions or need to follow up, just give us a call toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Sam calling from Pasadena, listening on Coast 103.5. Let's hear from your station right now, 1-866-405-8405, or through the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks, on Route 66. On the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Our community sponsors John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Curian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride, while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.biogenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And we'll head back to the phones. After this, we're going to visit with Francesco Marcigliano, who... uh, Francesco who? 
See, I, I remember the first time we had him on, I screwed up his name like nobody's business. Uh, but I've been practicing all night for it right now. Good. Francesca, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And wow, you pronounce the hell out of the name. Thank you. You know, if, if you do it really fast... You can get away with it? You can pretty much get away with anything. Uh, if, if, you can, if you can fly like 40 syllables into one second, it works well. It works out well, yeah. <laughs> For those that are brand new to Animal Radio, well, welcome. Uh, Francesco's been on before. He is the uh, author of the Sally Forth cartoon, you know, that uh, the syndicated cartoon. The comic, car- and, yeah. Uh, I like how you got Marciuliano, but Forth is what threw you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we found out last time that you don't draw it, you just actually write it. Is I'm that... a lazy man, I'm sorry. And uh, so you have to come up with an idea with a, like a picture in your head, and then you try to express it to the uh, illustrationist? Yeah, that's what I do. I write the dialogue, and then I do a scene description. That's... So think of, it, think of it as a screenplay for a tiny little movie theater. That's, uh, that's an interesting thing. That they, there's so many people that are involved in making the comic strip. I believe when... Uh, you know, the Peanuts creator, Charles Schultz, did it. He just he did it both. He did the He wrote the... I don't know, maybe you know, but I imagine that he illustrated it as well as wrote the copy. No, he did. He, uh, he's, uh, he, uh, there are actually plenty of cartoonists who do both. I mean, it, it's like a half and half. There's some where it's a writer and an illustrator, but a lot of times, like, say, Garfield, when that first started out, Jim Davis would do it all. Now he's got 80 people. But, no, I mean, it's, it's, wow. it's often, it can often be one person who does both. How do you get a job writing a comic strip? <laughs> <laughs> How do you justify this career to your folks? Uh, well, you make the mistake with an English major. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was very happy with my English major. Um, I, will, I just submitted comic strips, and I, I would submit a comic strip where I did the illustrating and the writing, and I uh, kept putting on it. One day I got a call from one of the syndicates that says, we really love your work, we're not going to use it, which sounded particularly cruel as a message. <laughs> but uh, they were looking for a new writer for Sally Forth, and they said, did I want to try it? I said, yes. I actually had never read the strip because it was not in the paper, in my paper, uh, my hometown paper growing up. I knew of it, and so I read like 15 years of the strip and started writing it. This is an exciting story, I'm sure. It is. Oh, uh, yeah. You have us on the edge of the seat. Well, you know, I, I, I could tell. I could feel the tension just getting thicker and thicker. I just wanted to cut it at that point. That <laughs> okay. We have you on the phone today because your second uh, I Could Pee on This is out. I Can Pee on This too, which is, tell listeners what that is. Um, it is indeed the sequel to I Could Pee on This and uh, other poems by cats. This is I Could Pee on This too, and more poems by more cats. And it's essentially exactly what it is. It's a collection of poems uh, written by cats. They they actually wrote it, despite the fact they don't have thumbs. They used the they used the keyboard. Yeah. Was there a big demand uh, for this second version? Um, I'm trying to read how exactly you just asked that question. <laughs> it, uh, no, I mean the the first book has done really well. I think there's over a million copies in print. And so we we took that as a sign that maybe we should put out a second one. So do you translate for the cats, or do you? Uh, what is your involvement? Do you uh, hold the typewriter up for them? How how do you how are you involved in this whole process? I guess you leave the million in the room with the typewriters. You come back. You realize they've written Hamlet forty different ways, and eventually you just kind of get them to focus on poetry. Um, yeah, I mean basically, okay. The real version is is that I've grown up with a lot of cats, and uh, I just try to think in. This is going to sound remarkably healthy. I try to think in terms of how a cat would in particular situations. The uh, You also had the book, uh, I Could Chew on This, for the dog lovers, right? I do. I, I, I could chew on this, and then this is going to go on. I Need My Mommy, which is for the kittens, and then You Need More Sleep, which is uh, cat's advice to people. So tell me, Francesco, are you a single guy? <laughs> I am not. You're not. 
Oh. I'm not. I, I, uh, this, is a, this is a takeaway point I'm going to get from this interview. So they just assume I'm living alone with 4,000 <laughs> pets in some New York City apartment where I've broken all the tenant codes. <laughs> no, you, no, no, not no. true. Poster and I are having a healthy relationship. No, I'm not single. But uh, I have two cats. They're sisters, uh, Lilo and Kiki. And are they like most cats? Like, my cat won't give me the time of day. It's, you know, they they have very little interest in anything that I have to bring to the table. For it has them. to be on their terms. Yes. I like, from the host of Animal Radio, my cats don't pay attention to me yeah. at all. I've got nothing. i got nothing with them. Now, um, they are actually very friendly. They're actually uh, remarkably friendly cats. They're quite cuddly, and they're actually not destructive. They have yet to ruin a piece of furniture in the apartment. Well, good. I'm going to give away a couple of your books. Is that okay? Oh, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's, uh, I could be on this too. Francesco Macchiano. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> is the author, and we'll put the uh, links to. Close, you didn't even. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> he said it too fast. Yeah, yeah come I mean, on. Let's... Anyway, that's the thing. When the, when the name is excessively Italian, I'm not even full Italian. The name's excessively Italian. When it goes like that, you got to just slow it down. <laughs> let's hear you one more time, Hal. Come on. We're gonna put the spelling up at the website at uh, animalradio.com. Phonetically, three pages. You know, yeah. for. Just go into your local bookstore and ask for I could pee on this or I can pee on this too. Uh, in fact, kick the door open and shout that as you walk in. So what can we expect next from you? Um, <laughs> I, what, um I'm just going to stare at a window now. Well, well first of all, I still got to write Sally Forth, and actually I'm writing another, I took over another comic strip. Oh, really? Some people may or may not know. It's one of those soap opera strips, you know, where it's 30 years later and it's still the same day. And it's uh, it's called Judge Parker. It's one of those Rex Morgan, Judge Parker, Mary Worth. It's in that kind of vein. It's a comic strip. I get to kill people, and it works out remarkably well. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, thank you very much. We'll have to do it again on I Can Pee on This 3. I Can Pee on This 3. Uh, yes, Electric Boogaloo. This will all work out well. There you go. It has flown by once again. Thank you so much for joining us. If you need a fix during the week, there's a couple of ways you can get it. You can head on over to animalradio.pet. Or you could download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.